We all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. So excited! Oh, I'm so glad I'm finally talking to you. You have no idea. I have wanted to just get to know you for so long, so I'm so oh thankful that you agreed to come on. Well, for everyone who's listening, um, I just kind of want to give a backstory, <laughs> um, and, it, <laughs> and it's about how I kind of came across our guest today. Um, every once in a while, you come across someone on Instagram that like catches your eye, and for whatever reason, you click follow. And for me, our guest today drew me in with her incredible style, beautiful face, impressive tattoos, and a creative skill set for nail design that is bananas. Um, I could, if I could draw up what a friend would look like that I would want to represent me, it would definitely be her. Um, her clients have described her as friendly, honest, and welcoming. I cannot wait to get to know more about her, her business, and her story. Um, welcome to the show, your friendly Donor nail lady, Amber Lee, or as I like to call you, Ambie. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm already crying. So oh, no, no. Good to talk. <laughs> no, oh I, like, I think you are just so cool. And I'm so glad that like a mom from Texas can connect with someone like you. You know, I just love Hell that. Oh, yes. I know. It's, it's the so, power so of good. social media. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what is your life like? Tell us who you are. Oh my God. What is my life like? I don't know. So um, I, I grew up in Southern California here in Whittier. So Whittier is basically like, to me, Whittier is like the only small town in Southern California. And it's okay. the only place that still has like this very small town feel. Like we can walk to like you know, we, so Whittier doesn't have like a downtown area. We have an uptown area and we, you know, okay. we have all our old shops and stuff. So a I lot feel of like they're filmed there actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually they just were filming something at um, a park, like right down the street from us the other day. I don't know what, but yeah, there's always oh, like, so cool. yeah, <laughs> it's fun. And yeah. So I feel like I grew up in a really tight knit community kind of in the, center of Los Angeles um okay. and yeah these days I just do nails full-time out of my house and it's really fun and I'm able to meet amazing women through it and yeah I don't know I don't know my life no, is, is that's pretty not- simple <laughs> that's good no that's awesome yeah. um you're married <laughs> correct I am yes and you have a stepdaughter. I and do. You have I really have a cool cat. <laughs> yes, two cats. <laughs> when did you start doing nails? Um, I started doing nails about, well, I started getting into nail art probably about 10 years ago. Um, okay. I had got into it through a friend and I really took to it. I would like do my nails every three days. And it's so funny. I look back at pictures and they were God awful. Oh my God. So bad. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I did that for a while. I never really thought about it as a career. I was working in customer service for a long time and, okay. um, 
eventually I was really looking for something new and I had found out about this school where I could go and I could get my manicurist license and I didn't have to do the full um, cosmetology school because usually with cosmetology school you have to go for like a year or more and they literally spend like two weeks on nails <clears throat> okay so when I found out there was this school I I more or less just quit my job I moved back into my parents house and um I started going to school. I the school was about four months, and once I was licensed, I started working in a hair salon. And yeah, I did that for almost four years, and then for the last year, I've been working from home. Cool. What made you make the switch from salon to home? Um, honestly, it was a hard environment for me to adapt to. Um, okay. The beauty industry, the salon industry, I guess. I don't know. I um, I never really felt like I fit in there. I, um, I'm not really one that's like wears makeup every day or knows what the fuck to do with my hair. Um, <clears throat> not that that's really like what it was no, about. No, I know what you're saying. It just, it wasn't yeah. a good fit. Like, you just didn't feel like you could be, like, authentic or who you were there or whatever. It just didn't feel exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. It just wasn't the right environment for me. And and luckily, my job was still, like, very much a job where I connected with my clients on a very intimate level. So it's so easy to make friends in my line of work. And so it was a really yeah. easy transition for me to go from salon to home because it was in the same city and most of my clients were happy to come and meet me in my home. And, and it's really developed into this amazing thing. Yeah. It looks like it's growing a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is um, it, it was a slow growth the first four years and it was like, as soon as I, introduced cannabis into my business it like changed completely like really I feel like I yeah really and <clears throat> I think that was about four or five months ago that mm -hmm. I actually deleted my old Ambi Nails Instagram and just decide, decided to start fresh um, and yeah I decided I was just going to be 100% me and 100% authentic and I really was sick of, you know, having to hide that part of my life. And yeah, I, I really, I was excited to start like this new Instagram, but I had no idea like that it would take off like it did um, mm -hmm. as quickly as it did. Um, Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, once you make that decision to just like go for it and you're like, fuck it, I have nothing <laughs> to lose. Like this is exactly yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. And then you do it. And then it just, like, blows up all of a sudden. Like, your life yeah, starts kind it, of happening full force. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, absolutely, like, the thing that was supposed to happen. Yeah, I love moments like that. Yeah. What made you want to add cannabis into your business? I know you said because you wanted to be, like, authentic and not hide, but yeah, that couldn't be it. <laughs> there had to be more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was at... I was at this point in my life where um, I felt 
well, I felt really restricted working at the salon. I felt really judged um, working at the salon um, as far as, like, Why? smoking Why? weed. What? Oh, okay. Just because I smoked, like, simply because I smoked weed. Um, wow. Yeah. And, like, you know, I think because weed is such an important thing in my life, like, it has really changed my life in such a drastic way. And mm-hmm. it's something that's just so important to me. And I, it, like, breaks my heart that it was ever illegal in the first place um, mm-hmm. with how much good it does and is doing in my life. So I think, I don't know, for me, I was really just at this point where I was like, fuck everyone who has a problem with this because mm-hmm. it literally saved my life. And I, I think I was also at a point where I didn't want to attract any like, I didn't want to attract any attention that wasn't going to vibe with me or wasn't going to be okay with me just being me, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> I'm dealing with that right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. I totally, I, I feel that. I think that's probably why I was, like, drawn to you because I didn't know. I Like, I guess I stumbled upon um, your, your newer page, and so I've only, uh-huh. only known you as, the way that you're presenting yourself, you know, and, and yeah. authentic. So I never and knew honestly, you before, so yeah. I can't even picture <laughs> that, which is so crazy. <laughs> I um, I told one of my clients the other day that um, before I did nails, I, I mean, I lived a completely different life. I used to be a worship leader <laughs> at my church. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't that foot in the church today like I so right. much has changed you know <laughs> no oh I hear you no I'm I'm yeah. in that boat too is with you as well so and it's hard because yeah. I'm in Texas and it's illegal and this is what I've chosen to do with my life yeah so, you know, know it is what it is it's you're a brave you, you get to that I love it yeah you you just get to that point where you're like all right you know that that same moment how old were you when you kind of decided to just go for it um, I was 30, actually. Isn't that crazy? I feel like yeah, shit just I, happens in your 30s. <laughs> right? I know, that big change. I, I never really was into smoking weed. I never smoked weed growing up. And it wasn't until I met my husband, Omar, that he was, like, the first donor I ever dated. And okay. honestly, like, I, I started smoking weed with him <clears throat> with no, like, medicinal intentions like I just thought it would be fun and it ended up helping me in so many ways um that you know I just really took to it very quickly but yeah only really for the last three years no that's about how long I've been that's so wild (laughs) that is so so crazy that's exactly yeah three years yeah and that, and it really started in my thirties, like 32 really just started the whole, like, okay, I'm going for it. And then 33 yeah. was just like where things really started to happen. And that's where I'm yeah. at right now. And it's been like the best year of my life. <laughs> yes. So. I love that. I feel like when you, like, once you hit your thirties, this like feeling comes over you where you're just like 
fuck it all, man. Like, mm-hmm. you just know yourself. I Well, at least for me, like, going into my 30s, I, like, I feel like I finally knew myself, and I wasn't, like, afraid of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you sit with yourself in, like, moments, you know, and you, you kind of, like, yeah. get to know yourself and what you can take and what you can't and what you won't take for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. What was your – um? first experience smoking like that's always my favorite to hear (laughs) (laughs) my very first time smoking weed I um I was actually camping and this was like way before Omar because I did smoke like periodically through my 20s and I remember the first time I smoked I was camping um and I didn't I don't even think I got stoned I think I smoked and I literally fell asleep on a rock and I got sunburned (laughs) like not doing that again (laughs) yeah but I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of like the first time I was really stoned I think the first time I was really really stoned was in Vegas and I was in the hotel room and we were all supposed to we were supposed to be getting ready to go out and I was mm-hmm. sitting in bed, and I had the blankets wrapped around me. And you know that feeling when you're really stoned and you can't feel your legs, and like <laughs> you're just not sure if they're there or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like I was sitting in bed, and I was texting my friend Margo, and I was like, "Margo, I'm so stoned," and like she knew that this was a new thing for me. And she told me to, she told me to get up and walk around. And I didn't, I mean, looking back, I understood she wanted me to walk around because it was fun, but I could not understand why she was telling me to get out of bed. And I was like, like, and of course, reading the text messages the next day. Oh my God. Yeah. That's literally what I said. I was like, I can't, I'm like one with the bed. I can't move. Like. And I, I was reading that into this bed. You, yeah, yeah we are so fun. funny. Oh my god! So that's like the first time I remember being really, really stoned. And I was probably I was like 28. So yeah. And you said so, you were reading back okay. the text later. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Just reading back the text later. I also had said to her like one of my excuses was that I didn't have pants on. And I think she responded like, "Well, put pants on." Like, <laughs> oh, those are the best. Yes, yes. I do that like often. Like, just go back and read the text that I sent people. I'm like, "Wow, I really had a moment there." <laughs> yeah, and you can't help but laugh because it's wonderful. But oh yes. my gosh, so so funny. Um, you've been really open about your bad days and your insecurities and your need for self-care on your page Mm. and in your stories and stuff like that. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think I would attribute that to like the last year of being in really good therapy. Um, Mm. Shout out to Dr. Brian. Um, Thanks Dr. Brian. (laughs) I started seeing my therapist last November, so November mm-hmm. 2017, and before him, um, any sort of therapy that I was in in my 20s was Christian-based therapy or counseling, um, okay. and 
And it definitely, like, I definitely did, um, you know, get a lot of tools in my tool belt for, I don't know, I learned a lot of, like, psychology words, I guess. But <laughs> I I didn't really realize until I started getting, like, good therapy, real therapy, um, I really started to understand myself. And I really started to understand my triggers and my insecurities and all of these things started connecting like oh my god like this is why I talk to people like this and this is why I can't help like you know reacting in this way and um oh my god like this thing that keeps me in bed for two days um isn't real you know and so I think like understanding myself more over the last year has been so helpful and and also because I'm I'm having these conversations with women every day like in my living room as I'm doing their nails and like yeah essentially you're a therapist too (laughs) (laughs) so many people say that and I'm always I'm always like yes but I'm so not qualified but no but you're like learning through what you're going through it's relatable (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think because I'm around all these different women, you know, you very quickly realize like how uh, similar our struggle is and how similar our insecurities are and Mm -hmm. how we're literally the only people who see them, you know, like we're the only people who see our own insecurities. No one else gives a fuck that we have a mole on our knee, you know, like, (laughs) right. Yeah. And so I, I think there's so much power, there's so much power in, you know, shining a light on those insecurities and, you know, kind of standing up and saying like, um, Hey, I feel like this today. I, I feel like people don't like me or I, you know, whatever it is, like, you have no idea how many responses you're going to get of people saying, I feel that exact same way or thank you. Yeah. And there's so much power in that. And, and I feel like depression, anxiety, all of that, like insecurities, it's all so alienating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How could someone possibly understand what I'm going through? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Was there a pivotal, like, moment in November where you were like, I have, what made you want to go seek, like, therapy that was different from the way that you were brought up? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I remember 31, when I was 31, I remember that year being kind of a weird year, and I, I kind of would jokingly attribute it to the fact that it was you know, 31 was an odd number. It was, you know, just like off in my numerology chart, which I know nothing yeah. about numerology. So that's why it's always oh my gosh, a joke. My mom's but... in my numbers. No, I'm so into it. Like I'm learning. Dude, my mom's in I... my numbers and like, I was scared shitless to even read them. I like don't want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I and I, honestly, like, I want to know more about it because I 100% believe it because I've always been such a weirdo about numbers, and 31 was just off. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, hold on, I have to take my sweatshirt off. Give me a sec. 
Oh my gosh. And Hold this on. is why I'm we love you to follow her. <laughs> no, <you're good. laughs> I'm getting hot. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Awesome. We missed you. <laughs> As I was saying, um, oh God, what was I saying? This is what's wrong with stoners. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. No, we were talking no, we were talking about um what kind of if there was a pivotal moment, you know, that Yes. Oh yeah. So I just remember, like, feeling like all of 31 was kind of a funk. Mm-hmm. Like, I I was I was in my last year at the salon. Um, things were just getting, like, increasingly uncomfortable there. And, um, yeah, I, I just, like, didn't feel quite right. I don't know what it was. And, and I knew that I needed to go back to therapy. I knew that... I preached so much about mental health and and Mm -hmm. therapy to so many people and knew like I needed to be in it myself. And um, right. Yeah. I think it, I think it was that and just anticipating and wanting 32 to be like a really good year and just, yeah, I don't know. I just really, that's what I remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was ready. ready. Yeah. Something (laughs) different. That's crazy. Um, was it, did you have like so many aha moments in therapy, like learn, like unlearning kind of the way you were taught to deal with things? Oh my God. Yes. So <laughs> many aha moments, like laughable. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is almost laughable. I'm, I'm agreeing because I've gone through it. I've had family members that are like that, you know, and it's just one of those, yeah. like, why do we believe this? Like what, where did this come from? Yeah. 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 Or when things just become so clear, like, oh my gosh, how have I not? I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It does. It becomes so clear. So, so clear. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just feel like an idiot, or at least I do. (laughs) (laughs) Only, only for a short time. See, that's the good thing about therapy is like, yes, you feel like an idiot, but then, like, you, every time you feel like an idiot, like, the time shortens every time. Until, yeah, yeah. Like, you're on now, the other side of it. Exactly. Like, I feel dumb, but I can recover because I know how, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. What was, um, <laughs> what was your childhood like? Um, it was good, actually. I, um, you know, I, I always say... I always refer to my childhood as growing up conservative Christian and mm-hmm. and looking back, like our church was very conservative, but my parents weren't, you know, my parents weren't the stereotypical scary Christian white parents that you're imagining. Like they're actually no, like, I totally, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're pretty cool. Pretty chill. Like I found out, pretty recently that my dad still smoked weed every day until my brother was born and I'm eight years older than my brother. So, you know, thanks for your priority. (laughs) But, but, you know, both my parents, like when, when I started dating Omar, my parents both took up smoking weed again. So, you know, it's all in the family again. Now my brother's really the only one that, that doesn't. (laughs) But um, yeah, growing to, up, not into it. Just yeah, he yeah, he's just not into it. But but he will from time to time. But um, sure. but growing up, growing up was really good. Like I think my my parents were pretty even keeled. They were 
definitely more strict with me than they were my brother, um, but they yeah. had to be because I was a maniac. And I didn't like, I didn't get into like drugs or partying or anything like that. I was just boy crazy. And I was not even that. I was just like emotional, like everything okay. broke my heart. So it was just a really lot. like, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> um, oh, but but yeah, I have I have amazing amazing parents. I love my parents. They're that's and, awesome. and they're just obviously more liberal now. So yeah, do they live <laughs> close by? Are you like do they you see do. them often? Yeah, that's really special. yeah. We do we do get to see them pretty often, which is nice. They're also in Whittier. They're like on the other side of Whittier, so okay. it's like a fifteen minute drive. Oh no, that's perfect. On Instagram, you sometimes do story clouds, and I think that's actually how I found you, like, um, on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. for those of you that are listening, why don't you explain to them what story clouds is? (laughs) Oh, story clouds. Um, I haven't done them in a while, but I discovered them. So when I started my new Instagram, um, Ambie Nails and Nugs, I kind of started to explain for like the whole you know 420 realm on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I think um I I think I discovered story clouds through um my friend Jennifer who I had started following and she lives in Vegas and we actually got to meet because of Instagram and they her and her husband stayed in our home (laughs) yeah it was the best and um and yeah so I discovered what story clouds were and and basically what it is is well to me like what I like to think of it as is this like a communal um digital you know passing of the bong you know (laughs) where you you uh you smoke your bowl and you send out clouds to whoever or you pass it to whoever and I don't know it's kind of just this communal thing and I don't know it's it's kind of silly just to have all these videos of people smoking weed but at the same time like it's almost like this celebration and like trying to normalize it and Mm -hmm. it's it's a community thing too I think it, it brings people together yeah it definitely does it definitely does what have um what has your experience been outside of the art that you do um, in just the cannabis world? What's, I, I kind of want to just get the cannabis stuff out of the way because you're so much more than that. <laughs> but I do have <laughs> on the cannabis side. I'm just so interested because um, you started going to the Canna Create um, events and yeah. getting more involved and things like that. So talk to me about kind of like that side of your business. Yeah, totally. Um, so I don't even know how I found Canna Create. Um, oh my goodness. Someone sent me their page and um so I started following them and I decided to go to one of their like craft nights and it was so much fun. It was just all these women, um, some of whom had their own cannabis companies. Um and I got to meet Chris and Crystal of Canna Create. And they're just, these women are so driven and just so focused on creating this business that creates 
safe spaces for women to come together, to smoke weed and to self-care. And, um, and yeah, and they've really grown from there. Um, actually, I know this will have already happened by the time this airs, I think. We're having um, – Canna Create is doing their very first private event, and they're oh, doing it so here. Exciting. Yeah, so it's going to be like a Galentine's Day brunch, and we're doing it here at Ambi Nails, so it's exclusive for Ambi Nails clients. So I'm really, really excited about that. That is and, so um, special. Yeah, yeah, what a connection. I know, I know. And they're, and they're doing such huge things right now. They, um, so they're launching, you know, this is their first private event and mm -hmm. this is going to hopefully launch them doing bachelorette parties, bridal showers. Um, what great and, ideas. Yeah. Yes. And they want to, and there's so many like women led cannabis companies in Southern California and mm -hmm. they want to incorporate, you know, all these different companies into these events that they do. And I just, I honestly can't even believe that I'm one of those women that they are including. Oh, believe but... it, girl. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, that yeah, is awesome. So, so, yeah, the cannabis community has been nothing but generous and loving and supportive and, oh, God, just. I'm so thankful for it, and I'm I'm so thankful for, God, there's so many stoner women in Whittier and so many stoner moms, and, like, awesome. yeah, it's just been so great to connect and make all these friends, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think it, it would be, my business wouldn't be anything like what it is without cannabis. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's really, really wild. And you were, I just yeah. love that you were like, nope, I'm doing it. And then it just took off. That's like the way things are supposed to happen. That's so good. That's so, so it's good. It's so funny. Like I, and I've done that before in my life, literally having no plan. Like when I went to manicure school, I had no mm -hmm. idea where I was going to work. I, and then, you know, it just kind of happened. Like I found this job and, and I was able to build up my clientele. And it's like, I make these decisions, and at the time, like, they don't seem like good ideas, but it, it just works, you know? You just go with your gut, and it works out, I guess. <laughs> Are you one of those people that can, like, listen in and just be like, okay, this is what I have to do, or do you just, like, battle with yourself back and forth of, should I, should I not? Oh, God, it's, it's a constant battle. I, I think and I hope that I'm getting better at trusting myself and my instinct. Um, yeah, but it's hard. It's really hard. I, I feel like I'm constantly second guessing myself or doubting myself more accurately. Isn't it so weird why we do that? I <laughs> know. It's just, it it's goes back bummer. to just like the image thing of like nobody else notices it but you, you know, like it's just it's yeah. crazy that we do it. It's so, so crazy. Yeah. My, um, my therapist, he told me once, like I was talking all this shit about myself and like just saying all these things like how I felt about myself and how I just felt like so like I would what did I tell him so my big thing like I'm always worried that I'm too much for people like I'm too much for my friends I'm too much for Omar I'm too much for my family like too much emotion um and and I'm saying all this and 
and he was like, well, he was like, what would you say to yourself, like, to comfort yourself? And I'm like, I don't know. What does that mean? And then he said, yeah. like, well, he was like, what if your best friend was saying that about herself? And then, and of course, immediately, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I literally teared up thinking about that, like, thinking about my best friend, you know, feeling those feelings towards herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he, and he told me, he's like, isn't it crazy, like, how easy it is to, like, step up for someone else, but not yourself. Right. Yeah. You we know? don't, we don't pay attention to ourselves enough. That's, that's yeah. the truth. Wow. What's been your biggest um, takeaway from therapy, you think, so far? Oh man. I know that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, curious. It's a good question. It's such a good question. Um I think my biggest takeaway is just being able to step back, take a look at my life, take a look at the people in my life and realize how cool I think they are and how much I love them and how I can't even believe that they're in my life. And then to just realize and accept that they feel those feelings towards me in return, you know? How powerful is that? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And even saying it, even saying it now, it's, it's almost hard because God, it's just so easy to doubt, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's but, it's but that's yeah. almost more natural than being kind to yourself sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's so bizarre that we do that. It oh, is, and goodness. I feel like I feel like it's it's because it's like a shield, you know. It it keeps us from being vulnerable, you know. Like yeah. like if if we care, then we're vulnerable. Yeah, but I'm just trying to, like, when did we get to the point where vulnerability was a bad thing? You know what I mean? Like, that's I where I go. Totally. And it's, I just, know. it's just so hard because, like, I'm raising a daughter. You have a stepdaughter. Um, you know, we're both raising these young girls. Yeah. How do we, like, it's just, I don't know. I want them to be all their things. I want them to feel all their feelings, you know? Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a great thing. How do we navigate that? How do we make them like not feel weird or ashamed, like for having an emotion or having yeah. a reaction or letting an emotion play out, you know? Um, yeah. Like you can still be a tough girl without like toughening up on your emotions. You know what I mean? That sounds kind of cheesy, yeah. but like, I don't know a better no. way to put it. <laughs> no, you're totally right that. because we shouldn't we shouldn't associate emotion with weakness. You know, yes, it's yeah, it's a part of the right. human condition. Yeah, exactly. I just wonder, like, when we stop doing that. I, I don't know. It just it it freaks me out, and then I think like, okay, well, I can't, you know, put myself down, and she she's gonna pick up on that. I can't just tell her to go do all these great things and say all these great things about herself if I'm not doing it too. You know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard as yeah. to do that. Yeah really hard um what um what are your goals for 
your business for 2019? Where do you want to see happen? I guess um, what do you want to happen? Yeah, it's a great question. I honestly this year I think it's so easy for me to want to make like a million goals or like ten goals, but mm-hmm. I really just want to focus on like upping my game and like. I really just want to focus on filling my books up because to me, okay. like that's like, that's the foundation of my business. My business is so many fun things and it's so many like important things, you know, friendship and women empowerment. It's, it's all of those things, but first and foremost, like it's a nail business. Like that's what's bringing home the bacon. Right. So, yeah. I, because I have all these big dreams and aspirations, like, and where I want, you know, my little in-home business to go in the next few years, I know that I can't attain that without starting with a really solid foundation. So in 2019, I really just want to get to a place where I have my schedule booked out for, you know, the next month. Um, Okay. I think everything's so sporadic right now and and right now I'm booking like same week or the next week and so it's really like week to week sometimes day to day you know when I'll know what I'm going to be making that week or that day and so having like a more consistent schedule yeah it it can be super stressful um and you know it ebbs and flows and, and even after five years like I haven't gotten used to it But um, I also haven't, like, dedicated myself to really buckling down, trying to find those new clients, trying to – because I have to, like, up my number of clients in order to, like, have people rebooking and filling my schedule. Mm -hmm. Ugh, that all sounds so boring. No, it doesn't. I mean, just think, every time you go to, like, one of the events or, like – you know, all those different things, you're putting yourself out there. And when people get to know you, they're going to want to support what you're doing because you're coming from a good place. So all you can do is, yeah. you know, just keep going out there and showing them who you are and what you do because your art is insane. Mm, <laughs> so good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. When, um, have you, were you always into art, drawing? Like, what? <laughs> No, I wasn't. This is, I get this question so much. A lot of people ask me, like, if I did art before I got into nail art, and literally, like, not at all. Uh, no way. The, That's not at all. Fair the rest of not at all. Like, the joke, the joke honestly is, like, if you hand me a piece of paper and any sort of drawing utensil, I, I will make shit. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, the joke is that I can only make art on a canvas that's, like, a quarter inch by a quarter inch. Like, that's all I can do. (laughs) Well, that quarter inch by quarter inch is, you know, getting the whole thing. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, that's so wild. That's, I don't believe that. (laughs) I want to believe that, but I don't believe that. Because they're just that good. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it's so hard for me to believe 
when people tell me I'm a good artist or I'm an artist at all. Like, I always joke around and say, like, I'm literally just drawing a bunch of shapes on your nail. <laughs> and and I get that I guess. I know. <laughs> but my mind is just like, it's not that impressive, Andy. <laughs> Knock it off. Knock it off. I know. I know. I know. See, I still struggle every day. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. You you have no need to. Oh my gosh, look at your following and the people who are like so happy to tag your work in their photos. That's that's pretty cool. I know. Let's shut up. Let's shut up about me not believing in myself. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we believe in you. That's not yes. anything about that. Oh my yes. gosh. How do people go about um how do people go about booking with you? Is it so through now, just yeah, now I go 100% through Instagram. Um, when I was working at the salon, I, you know, would book through the salon or I would book through Instagram or I would book through my cell phone or I would book through Yelp because I had a Yelp page too. Okay. But now that I work from home, um, when I transitioned to home, it was kind of a little bit of Instagram, a little bit of texting. And that just got really like confusing because yeah, I didn't I know like, where, yeah, where I was confirming and yeah. So when I started my new Instagram, I just decided to, you know, just not give out my number and do all of my appointments through Instagram. And it's been great. It's, I think Instagram is such a great tool for like the beauty industry. Yeah. And for, I mean, the cannabis industry, for a bunch of industries, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a good way to connect and it's streamlined and efficient and you know and yeah, it's with you all the time. Yeah. I know, in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. Um, you, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were talking about maybe opening up an Etsy store in 2019. Is that correct? Yes, that is okay. correct. So I'm Still, I'm kind of deciding if I want to wait until we get a new laptop because it's kind of the most annoying thing in the world to try and start an Etsy page from your phone. So yeah, I'm God. learning. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do eventually want to open up an Etsy for the party nails that I've been making. But I'm also kind of open to the idea of selling them just on Instagram because I feel like that's becoming more of a bigger thing anyway. And I love the idea of just doing everything all in one space. That's great. Yeah. Really utilize the, like, the whole platform for what it can do for you. That's really smart. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. And I really like... I like how organized that feels, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bet, yeah. When you're trying to handle all, all the things, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, does, that does make it easy. Um, big picture, five, ten years down the road, what are you hoping your business looks like? If you could, like, you know, just magic ball it and see what it would look like. <laughs> yeah, I I really love picturing myself um, doing this, doing nails in my living room for the next 15 to 25 years. Like I really honestly would love to just continue to do nails 
continue to stay relevant in the community, continue to meet young women in Whittier and inspire them and encourage them and make them feel worthy. And I don't know, I just really picture myself like this really badass tattooed old woman who's still really hot and doing really cute nails for all the 20 year olds in Whittier like that's honestly love it I would love that like who wouldn't love to do that for the rest of their life like I I love that yeah and I mean I also kind of think about other things I could do especially with the cannabis industry like there's so many different avenues that you can take and yeah, um, it's also brand new like you can pave your own way as to what you yeah. want to do with it for sure yeah or even like the nail industry like I thought about starting a blog or starting a YouTube I don't know I mean I don't know that see enough I get carried away with all these ideas and I need to kind of focus back on just doing people's nails but who knows? I, I think it could go either way. I could I could do something big or I can just keep doing nails in my living room and building this amazing tribe and generations of women. Yeah, that's really cool. I want to talk a little bit about the tattooed old woman because <laughs> I love that idea. I think that's so badass. I love it. Yes. Um, what your tattoos look beautiful from what I can see uh they look so nice (laughs) I love your sleeve uh when was your first tattoo and what is it oh god oh god guys okay my my first tattoo is is a bible tattoo um when I was 18 on the back of my ankles it says walk in the light okay oh bar oh my god it's still there (laughs) literally cal cal i spent like the last month thinking am i gonna talk about religion or not like (laughs) you can talk i'm not trying to put pressure on any topic it's so interesting i know i know (laughs) when i met my husband Um, he was like knee deep in the church and i was like catholic and i didn't understand this kind of new crazy church that he was all about and i wasn't like hardcore Catholic, you know, I was just kind of like more spiritual than anything. You know what I mean? I just never really connected. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when we got married, wow, my eyes were like, what the hell is going on? I was so, so like invested in this church and it became a part of me. And I tried to like fit the bill in there and it just never, it never worked for me, but I put on a good front for many years, many years. Yeah. I know. Dude. And he did too. So, he yeah. kind of had that moment, you know, of do I talk about it? Do I not? So, yeah. Totally. Sorry. No. Yeah. So that was my first tattoo. It says walk in the light on the back of my ankles. Um, <laughs> you know, what's crazy about that tattoo is throughout my twenties, I, I remained a Christian. I still like, uh, like subscribe to the belief. And, but I would go through, I would go through these phases where I didn't want the tattoo anymore. I like, just for stupid reasons, like I didn't like the font or it was just starting to blur together. Um, Mm -hmm. When really I just didn't want, I just thought it was cheesy and I wanted to cover up. But 
so this was what was so weird. This is what is so weird about at least my Christianity to me growing up is I would never get my tattoos covered because I was just terrified that that would mean I was like denying God and that I was going to like be tortured in hell for all eternity. (laughs) Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, right? And and in hindsight, that's insane. But yeah. when you're in it, it's not. <laughs> yeah, because it's your belief system. I mean, that's what you right. know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> How many tattoos do you have? Um, Good question. Good question. <laughs> I have, let's see, one... I don't, you know, my arm, I did, like, little bits over time. Yeah, I would like, say, one collective piece, yeah. We'll say the arm is one, and then I have a peacock on my hip. I have um, a feather, like a quill feather on my shoulder blade. I have a little heart behind one of my ears. Talk to me about them. What do they mean? Oh, Why okay. do we have them? <laughs> yeah, I just, I want to know. I'm just so curious. A lot, yeah, yeah. A lot of them don't have meaning. Some of them do. The peacock doesn't have any meaning. I just thought it was cool looking. I drew yeah. it. I kind of drew it myself. I, it was like this doodle that I did, and then I got it on me. Um, What else? The quill feather I got, I thought I must have been like 20, and I was super into journaling, and I thought I was going to be a writer. Um, I also like wrote a bunch of music and played a bunch of music back then. So that what that yeah. was for that that was actually my second tattoo. Okay. Um, I have an I have an owl on my left shoulder, and that is it's the picture from my grandma's jewelry box that I got when she passed away. So that's why oh, I wow. have the owl. I have my most regrettable tattoo, um, even more so than the Bible verse, probably. Um, I have counting crows. So you're telling me I shouldn't. Yeah. You have what? (laughs) I have counting crows lyrics on my arm. Oh, no. No. Yeah. I know. Honestly, though, they're like my favorite band forever. And I just, I don't. uh, Well, let's get back to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, part of you. I love that. That's I know. What I wanted to I'm know. I'm reminded of it. <laughs> so then I have, um, and then like the flowers are just because they're pretty. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of filler. Oh, I have um, an anatomical heart on my literal sleeve. The wow. heart on my sleeve. That's cute. That's, totally that's clever. Yeah, I have an anchor on the back of my left arm that I got in North Carolina with my cousin. And then on my right arm, on another trip to North Carolina, me and her got matching Dala horses because our family is Swedish. Um, My family is Swedish. So my family is Swedish, but I'm not Swedish because my mom (laughs) married into the family. So... Okay. I'm like, the, I'm like literally the black sheep of the family, like as in I don't look like any of my family because <laughs> I'm not blood related to any of them. Um, wow. But, you know, they're an important part of my life growing up. Um, I was two when my mom married into the family. So, okay. yeah, I grew up with a lot of Swedish traditions. So that's why I got that tattoo. Um, really cute. 
Yeah, I got on my right arm, my right shoulder, my right arm, I have um, a blindfolded woman, and on her blindfold it says, be brave. I actually got... Yeah, I actually got this tattoo after my divorce from my first husband. Um, yeah, because that was, that was a really scary thing to do in a church community, especially because mm-hmm. we didn't have any big dramatic reason. We just weren't in love, and it was really sad to be married to someone you weren't in love with, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and then I have, let's see, God, look at my quick quick and deep stories of all my tattoos. <laughs> no, um, I love it. I have um, two flash pieces on my right wrist. One is a little sparrow, and that I got, that was the first time me and Omar went and got a tattoo together. He okay. got the, he got the misfit skull, and I got a little sparrow. And then the first time we went to Vegas together, we got little matching skulls. So mine's a little girl skull with a bow. And his is a regular one. And I think I've covered them all. I think that's it. <laughs> no, I love for that. Now, for I now. Love that. Oh, no. Can I ask? Most oh. of <laughs> Go ahead. Which one? You're gonna you're gonna have to do so much editing. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. Oh my gosh, stop <laughs> it. You are so good. Um, my two actually my two most recent and most important, I forgot about them because I'm wearing socks, are on my <laughs> feet. So my two feet tattoos are for my parents. Um my right foot is um well they both have gardenias and gardenias are my dad's favorite flower like his favorite scent his favorite perfume scent and on my right foot there's a snail on the gardenia and my mom Mm -hmm. collects like different types of snails like ceramic snails and yeah you know different little trinkets like that so that one's for my mom that's really sweet yeah she's so cute and then talk to me about your parents oh god I will trust me (laughs) my parents have the craziest love story ever I've been waiting for this moment to tell their story on the air (laughs) finish with the tattoos and then we'll jump to that because I do want to hear the rest of this because this is just so Um, interesting Aw, so on my left foot, there's a Japanese beetle on the gardenia, because when I was little, um, my dad taught me how to catch them and tie a string to their legs and fly them around like kites, which sounds terrible, like, sorry, PETA, but that's what we did. And we're good. And They're not really our audience. You're fine. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, and I just, I love Japanese beetles. I get, I act like a kid when I see them. I get so excited. I try to catch them. It embarrasses the fuck out of Omar. But, <laughs> like, it just, I don't know, they make me happy, and they remind me of, like, my childhood with my dad. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that one's for There's, him. And the, yeah. So Ooh. deep. I love the meaning. That's really, really Aww. special. Thank really, you. Really so you are a writer because you don't think about things like that if you're not a good writer because that's a lot of detail <laughs> into a piece of art. So that's really, really cool. And I noticed that Aww. and I respect that. Oh, <laughs> really, thank really you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
about your parents? Let's hear this love story. <laughs> oh, my goodness, guys. Settle in. So <laughs> my mom and dad, um, we'll just, I'll give you a couple parameters so we don't get confused. Okay. My dad, the man who I will refer to as my dad, is actually my stepdad. Okay. Um, his name is Tommy. Okay. My mom, who is my mom, I only have one mom. My mom's <laughs> name is Tammy, so it's Tammy and Tommy. First okay. Of all. <laughs> um, so you sound my like Barbie mom, and Ken. <laughs> I know. I know. So this story, the story is actually a lot more about my mom than it is about my parents, but because um, my mom has a crazy story. She grew up, she was actually born in California, and her dad was from Arkansas, and her dad was actually, he, I don't know if he became or was already a bootlegger, because the county that we're from in Arkansas, I was born in Arkansas, by the way, but we'll get okay. to that point. So... <laughs> he would basically smuggle drugs and alcohol from California to Arkansas. That was his job. And my mom was the youngest of three. When she was in high school, her freshman year, she was going to high school in California and her dad came and pulled her out of school and said, you're going to start helping me on my run. So my mom never graduated high school, never really went to high school. Um, and oh. from the time she was about 13 was more or less a drug mule for um, Arkansas moonshine, I guess. Wow. So, yeah. That's wild. Crazy. crazy. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So, and 100% not making this up, I promise you. No, I, tell I believe story, it. I tell this story so much and I'm like, God, it doesn't even sound real anymore. <laughs> like a movie or just a book you've read a few times. I know. So, so my mom did that for a while. And then when she was about 19, she met this guy named Steve. Now Steve lived across the street from Tommy, who is my current, current and stepdad. And (laughs) so um, Tammy dated Steve for a little while and moved out here to California with him, stayed out here for like a year. So she knew Tommy. They were all friends, but she was dating mm-hmm. Steve. And okay. they ended up breaking up. And when they broke up, she moved back to Arkansas. And a couple things happened when she moved back to Arkansas. One thing that happened was Steve died in a motorcycle accident. Another wow. thing that happened, yeah, he died in a motorcycle accident. And around that same time, my mom met and married my biological father in Arkansas. Okay. okay. He was, I don't know, a piece of shit. And okay. he was like, he was jealous of my mom's dead ex-boyfriend and wouldn't let her go to the funeral. So that was a whole thing. But then she got pregnant with me and about six months in found out that my biological father was cheating on her with some chick that he worked with. But Mm -hmm. my mom being pregnant and uneducated in Arkansas, she didn't really have anywhere to go. Okay. So she had me. They were married. When I was about one, Steve's parents came to Arkansas from California and asked my mom if she wanted to come 
to California for the summer. She said yes. We drove out to California. My mom went to go say hi to Tommy. Long story short, he fell in love with my mom, fell in love with me because I was one and so adorable. And (laughs) we had to go back to Arkansas at the end of the summer. So we went back to Arkansas. My mom filed for divorce. Her Mm -hmm. and my dad, Tommy, wrote letters back and forth for about eight months. And then once the divorce finalized, he sent us plane tickets to California. We flew out to California and they got married about three months later and they just celebrated their 30th anniversary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got goosebumps. That's so I know. Sweet. So I know. And wow. Like, that's like, so that's like going to be on too. This Is Us. <laughs> I know. That's totally know. a storyline. No, and they're wow. so cute, and they're and they're so in love, and they're just like such a great success story of like people having a second chance. And I just yeah. I love telling that story, especially to like single moms, and you know, like there's just so many different ways that your story can end up, and that's what I love about my parents' story. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. Remind me again how you and Omar met. Uh, me and Omar met on Tinder. Okay. Actually. Yeah, we met Let's on hear Tinder. this story. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's your modern day love story. We, no, um, I hear you. We, we matched on Tinder and um, we talked a little bit, but he was kind of far away. He, I was living kind of near the beach and he was inland quite a ways and and at the time I was really only looking for someone local so you know I kind of put him on the back burner but I was just going on these like duds of dates like just the worst and so I don't know I I remember like when I first matched with him like he made me laugh he was really easy to talk to and he wasn't like annoying or sleazy so yeah. one night I just started talking to him again and we decided to set something up. So I met him out by where he lived. And um, at the time, the timing worked out to where he literally had no money whatsoever the night that we were going to go out. And he almost canceled. But then I guess him telling it, he says like he didn't want to cancel because he knew like, it was going to be his last shot, like trying Aww. to get me to go out with him. So yeah. I met him out, you know, by where he was at. And he literally ended up taking me to a park at dusk. And I, our joke was like, oh, wow, you're going to murder me now. That's cool. Yeah. So, but no, we, we literally sat on this bench and, and he told me, you know, like it was a really cool park. It had like a a lot of sculptures and stuff that the kids could play on. And, and Omar told me like, this is my daughter's favorite park. Like we come here a lot. Um, And I think it was just a comfortable place for him. And we sat there on that bench for three hours. Wow. without even trying to carry the conversation like it was the easiest three hours of my life and I was just smitten by the end of them and and yeah it was just pretty easy from there we started hanging out all the time and we started talking about moving in together and 
we were engaged eight months after we met. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. My husband and I, um, we got engaged, I think, yeah, it was like 10 months. Yep. And here yeah. we are. We'll be celebrating our 11-year anniversary in, like, March. Dang. Crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I know. Congrats. so wild. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's, you never know where it's going to go. But I love that um, he knew he thought he was going to miss a shot with you and took you to a park and got creative. That's really sweet. <laughs> That's really, really sweet. Love oh, that. the other funny thing about that story is that same day, of our date he actually almost sliced his finger off because he was making oh my like, french fries or something yeah <laughs> he like cut his finger so deep that he definitely should have gotten stitches and to this day he doesn't have feeling in the tip of that finger and it just so happens to be his wedding ring finger no way oh my god I'm not, i love that i'm not kidding you i will send you a picture oh my gosh <laughs> That is crazy. I love I stories like that. I know. I, I just it. love little quirky stories. Like, they don't even really mean anything, but they're fun coincidences. But do they? I don't know. I love I know. That. I don't well, think I mean, that there are coincidences. You know, like, I think it's true. stuff happens for a reason so that you can tell stories like this later and make people smile. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Oh, I, I really, love really that cool. reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reasoning. Um, that's really, really sweet. And his daughter and you just, you know, get along great. It's just been a good relationship. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah, I got really, really lucky with Riley. She's such a chill kid, like such a loving kid. I, She was seven when I met her and just so, just like so lovable and so loving and just like filled with kindness and just, I don't know. I don't know. She's just. She's just, like, perfect in my eyes, even though I know she's yeah. not and she can be yeah. a little brat. But, no, she's – I got really lucky with her because, you know, it could have gone either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, That's she's, awesome. a, she's a great kid. And she she actually is the artist. She's the one that can literally draw anything you tell her to. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Is Omar creative like that? He is. Well, one thing that me and Omar have in common is we're both musicians. So he's like very musical and he's very talented in that aspect. He can kind of just like pick up an instrument and play it. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, I know. I hate him for it. But, you know, he's <laughs> one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody knows some guy like that. <laughs> yeah. That's, I that's just happen to marry him. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. What, um, <laughs> Do you play anymore? Do you write music anymore? Or is that not really your outlet these days? Yeah, these days, no. It's It's been a really long time um, since I've written anything. And I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever visit that again. I might. I hope I do. You know what's mm -hmm. so funny about music right now is, so I play the guitar mainly, but girl my nails are so long like I have to I have to choose yeah. between like my nails my money makers like my walking marketing scheme and yeah. like 
and yeah. playing the guitar. And, and as silly as it sounds, like I choose my nails right now because I was thinking about it the other day because I think for a long time, I, I don't know if it was guilt or I just felt like I was like giving up the dream by not playing music anymore or, you know, not focusing on music anymore. But I realized the other day, like Ambi Nails, my business is like my baby. It's literally what I think about more than anything else in my life. And it's a hundred percent authentically me and it came from me. And it's, it's like, that's the thing. Like, that's my thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we like cling to different things at different parts in our lives too, because we feel like we get some like sort of either release or something out of it. You know what I mean? And then when you start building yeah. your own, um, it, it's those things do go on the back burner and it's not that you don't love them or like want them in your life, but it's just like, it's mm-hmm. just not the priority. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. And like also this dream, like this dream of doing nails is in no way like less than a dream of playing music, you know, like, I think. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think for a long time I thought like I was selling out in some way. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) I don't know. I think because I have a lot of friends who are still playing music and who are amazing, amazing musicians, so much better than I ever was or ever like dedicated myself to being. And I think maybe I think about that, like, maybe I should have just dedicated myself more, but there's been a shift between that way of thinking and realizing I don't need that. I don't need that outlet and I don't need that drive in that area because my drive is in this business, you know, my passion is here. So I feel like I'm on the other side of that for sure. Yeah, you're just dedicating your time to something different. I mean, it's it's no less work. It's no less talent. (laughs) And honestly, I feel like it's feeding my soul even more than music ever did. Well, yeah, that almost makes me sad. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) It almost makes me sad to say, but it's so true. I think because for so long I had this dream of being a musician, like when I was younger. And... But no, this make this is so much more fulfilling. Clouded, yeah. But do you think it's clouded yeah. probably with like the playing church music and then having all those realizations mm. that maybe this isn't for you and then, you know, maybe that's why it's just not as fulfilling because you were doing it yeah. in the avenue for so long? Like maybe yeah. I <laughs> No, I think it has I think it definitely has a lot to do with that. Um I think yeah, it has a lot to do with a lot of my music being surrounded by the church or even like outside of the church. I was going through all of my old songs recently and like mm-hmm. some of them were just hard to read because they, I'm talking about myself in such a negative way and and realizing like how many worship songs or how many songs I wrote like talking to God are about us not being worthy or us, you know, not being enough or us needing this other thing. And like, fuck, man, like it was actually really hard to see that and, and realize like how much of my religious upbringing 
made me insecure and and made me feel helpless a lot of the time you know no I think I think that there's so many people out there that have gone through that so many myself included yeah yeah it's you do you just it's and it's hard because there's you know the word trauma is so different for everything but there is there's something like underlying like in that where it's just hard because you weren't being authentic in what you were writing you were like just self-deprecating almost you know what I mean like it's crazy totally to try to to try to make something beautiful and you can't make something beautiful out of something when you're not yeah feeling it 100% yeah and I would love to like be able to write music again one day on the other side of that and see what that would Mm -hmm. be like but in all honesty, honesty, right now, I'm not willing to give up my nails. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, and that, no, absolutely. And I, like, want to be okay with that, you know? Like, I want to be okay with, like, this being my baby right now. And I think absolutely. I finally am getting there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. And that's just going to make your business explode even more. That's really great. Yeah. It really will. It really, really will. <laughs> Um, Music-wise, who inspires you? What kind of music are you listening to? Oh, gosh. Right now, I really don't know. I feel like me and Omar kind of fall into these holes where we only want to listen to what we've always listened to, and that just ends up being, like, 90s grunge and alternative and 70s classic rock, and then with, like, the Beatles and Black Sabbath. Like, it's all of my yeah. dad's music. My husband listens to all the music my dad listens to. Oh, I <laughs> and love so that's that. Just, yeah, so there's a lot of that in the house. There's a lot. I put on a lot of, like, indie soft rock when, like, clients <laughs> come over. Like, sure. it's a lot of, like, Florence and the Machine. You know, just, like, good, yeah. nice, calming music. Yeah, gets you through your day. But you can still have a conversation but, over it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, too, about um, are you into tarot? I see that you yeah. bring out your cards and do stuff. Talk to me about that. How did that start? Yeah, that started um, about a year ago. I um Gosh, I'm trying to remember, like, what initially got me interested in it. I just know, like, around winter time last year, I I really wanted my own deck. I was really interested to see what it was all about. So I actually mm-hmm. got myself my first deck for Christmas last year. And, okay. um, and then I got a book to go with it. So honestly I've kind of just been doing it a little by little and there's still so much I don't know about it Mm -hmm. but I will say with tarot I think I initially started using it as kind of a tool for prayer because I do remember like I got it at a time in my life when I first started going to therapy when I was really questioning my belief system um Mm -hmm. And so kind of in a way, I felt like I was justifying my purchase by saying like, well, I'm going to use it as a tool to talk to God. So it's, you know, it's not blasphemous. So 
I think that's how it started is I kind of so crazy that you have to think like that yeah (laughs) exactly and like and that's the thing is that was my entire life my brain was just constantly doing that and Mm -hmm. it's weird to separate myself from that now but that's the thing with tarot too is it's all about your own subconscious and it's all about unlocking and solving your own problems. So, wow. Yeah. And I bet if you couple that with cannabis too, like you're on like another planet and you've got your shit figured out. (laughs) Like I love that. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. Therapy. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. It really is. And, and honestly, like, I really think there is some sort of spiritual or universal astronomical aspect to these cards because it could just be the power of our mind. It could just be the power of our subconscious that's telling us like each card means a specific thing and it speaks to us very directly. But it's also just like so spot on every time that Really? I really think it is a little something more, but who knows? Like, I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I'm so skeptical, but what I do know 100% is tarot has helped me to calm down, to come down from an anxiety attack. Like, I feel like I've used tarot in the same way that I used prayer in the past as... um kind of like self-medicating self-soothing type thing um yeah so my point in all this is that in the very short time that I've practiced tarot it has been so much more healing and helpful to me than like any of my years of prayer had been you know what I mean yeah and I don't I don't and I don't think about tarot at all so. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't think that's an that's a knock at you know God or whatever no, like no, 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 the no, bigger no. thing is, but I think what it is is it's really talking about really talking about it's is someone knocking at the door, babe? <laughs> I think it's my cat. Honestly, hold on. Aww. <laughs> no, what is there's a ghost in here then. Okay. Anyway, it's that spirit. <laughs> yeah, it's that spirit, man. No, I, I just, I really think there's just so much to understanding ourselves, and I think that we have so much more power in us than we even know. And I think Without that for me, yeah, I think for me, like tarot really unlocks that. That's so interesting. I'm gonna have to read more about it because I really don't know anything other than like the cards. I don't even know like what are what do they simplify? Like what is a, can you explain it to me on like a dumbed down yeah. version? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm probably not the best person to do it, but more or less we're all learning. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay if you're wrong. Um, <laughs> so there's there's like major cards and minor cards and of the major cards the major cards kind of tell a story they start I believe they start well they start with zero and zero is the fool and the fool stands like every card stands for something specific I'm not even going to try and tell you the meaning of the card but but the interesting thing about the major cards is they do kind of tell a story and it's basically the story of, like, 
the human condition. Like man is born and he's a baby and he's an idiot and then he grows up and he, you know, I don't know. It's like that. And so because psychologists, psychologists say because the story that it tells is so common with like every human being and like the themes of the cars are so common um they say that's why it's so easy to unlock ideas in our subconscious with these cards um I believe that actually yeah I I know I you know the older I get the more I'm kind of like man our brains are crazy oh yeah (laughs) no it's unreal um, all the things that we can do we, we just have to tap into them but like we aren't taught how to Exactly, exactly, yeah. So there's those major cards, and then the minor cards, kind of think of them as like a deck of cards. So there's four suits, there's cups, which cups kind of stand for emotions, there's uh, swords, which I don't remember what swords, I only remember cups because they're emotions, so of course. Um, So there's (laughs) cups, Swords, uh, wands, wands, W-A-N-D-Z, and tentacles. And tentacles stand for, like, earthly belongings and wealth and things like that. Um, Okay. So, and then they have, like, one or ace through king. But it goes, like, up to nine or does it go to, it goes to nine, and then a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. So okay. every single, every single card stands for something different. And so you can draw one card if you're asking a question, and it would basically give you the answer based on what the card represents, or drawing two cards together. A lot of times there's meaning in how the cards relate to each other, or a three-card draw example would be like a past, present, and future draw. Um, Mm -hmm. And a past, present, and future draw would be more so like past would be what you want to let go of, present would be what you would like to focus on now, and future would be what is to come or what you want to prepare for. Um, okay. So it's not really, it's not really like predicting the future or telling you the future. It's just more so like giving you suggestions on maybe how it would be easier to flow through your life, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it does. It does. Cause that's, uh, similar to like the numerology and things like that. And yeah. it's kind of like this year of your life, this is going to be probably something that you're going to face. You know, and then it kind of, mm-hmm. it sounds like the the cards kind of are like another guide, basically, to say, like, okay, this is how you could approach it or, or not approach it or whatever. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Cool. I'm going to have to check in more about that because that's really neat. Mm-hmm. I always like to to see how deep down the rabbit hole I can get with, with my subconscious. That's like <laughs> where like all the good writing comes from and all the good, like, you know, life skills and things. And it makes you a better person for sure. I think anyway. Yeah. So, that's really awesome. Well, I've so enjoyed getting to know you and talking to you and you're just an absolute doll. And I'm so, so thankful oh. that we were able to make this work. So thank you. Yeah. Oh my God, you're welcome. And thank you. <laughs> Honestly, I 
so excited to do this. I was so excited to finally talk to you. Um, oh, good. I'm so honored. Like, I'm just so honored that you would want to talk to me. And I just, I don't know. I thank you so much. <laughs> of course, of course. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Ambie's top 10. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Um, what is your favorite word? Ooh, oh, gosh, let's see. I really like saying the word vacillate. I feel like I use the word vacillate <laughs> a lot really? in describing myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It, and it's not like it's my favorite word to say. It just comes in so handy in, like, describing certain situations. I love that. <laughs> I will say no one has had that answer. <laughs> I'm sure. I love it. I love it. What's your least favorite word? Oh, it used to be vagina. For really? most of my life, for most of my life, I could not say the word vagina. Um, hmm. And then one day I couldn't stop saying it, you know. <laughs> I know Jesus. you're painting it on nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. I think my uh, least favorite word. I don't know. I let's let's say um, let's say misogyny is my least favorite word. <laughs> That's good. Um, what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally Mm, um, when when women can connect with each other and well when people when people can like show their real selves and Mm. like it build each other up because of it like we show each other our flaws and it makes us better love that I love that what turns you off oh man oh man um (laughs) what doesn't turn me off no (laughs) (laughs) um I think uh Emotional shaming, like um, trying to think of like personal stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I think um, people that are still uncomfortable normalizing mental health really turns me off. Like people that yeah. are still like emotion shaming my stepdaughter or me, the 33-year-old woman, you know? Yeah. No, we're in the same yeah. boat. Yeah, that, that still exists. Yeah. 33 is going to be our year. I can feel it. When's your birthday? Oh, yeah, I know. November 21st, so I just turned okay. 33. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Love I know. It's, it's a good 33 year. 33 is the best. It's the best year. I'm li- loving it so far. <clears throat> um. What is your favorite curse word? Ooh, it's got to either be fuck, of course, because fuck. It just fuck. (laughs) Um, I also really, really, really love saying cunt. Um, Okay. 
Yeah, cunt is like one of my favorite words. I almost I almost like using it in a in a loving way rather than in a mean way. Like I I don't I don't actually yeah, I don't ever use it when I'm talking about women. It's more of like when I'm talking to Omar or shout out to my friend Atticus in Oklahoma. He's my little cunt. Um <laughs> But yeah, I cunt is just such a great word and and it's just it's sad that it's a bad word, but Yeah. Let's take it back, ladies. There we go. <laughs> this year. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so funny. What sound or noise do you love? Um hmm. I love when my cat purrs really loud. It's really cute. Um what other sound? Hmm. That's like all I can think of. I just love when my cats purr or like when Omar talks to me really quiet and sweet. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. I I get really anxious sometimes with like sensory overload like if um, the TV's too loud when someone's trying to talk to me or if there's two conversations mm-hmm. going on at once or yeah. even sometimes like Omar will turn the vent on if we're smoking too much weed and like <laughs> that like one if there's like one extra noise it's I can't handle it. <laughs> One too many on that way. Yeah, one too many. Yeah. (laughs) I go nuts. Like, I'm known for, like, walking into a room in my house and be like, everybody turn everything off. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, too much. I'm like that lady. (laughs) Yeah. It's too too much for me. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh. um, I... I honestly love the idea of being a blogger or like a journalist. I I still love and romanticize the idea of being a writer. Honestly, what the fuck am I saying? I think if I could pick like my dream career besides nails, I would absolutely be a novelist. I would just like yeah. write books on a lake <laughs> all year. Yeah. What what do you think you would write about? I don't know. I probably love, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably. hard. It's hard to talk yeah. about it as a writer because it's so, like, so personal. I get yeah. It. I get hopefully it. something, what? hopefully something unique. <laughs> yeah. That's like the biggest worry, right? Who else is going to relate? See, we do this to ourselves all the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so wild. What profession would you not like to do? Um, I would like, would not like, and will not ever do customer service again. I think that job finally broke me. Um, yeah. I, I also... Um, would never want to be a full-time mom. Uh, That is a career I absolutely do not have the 
cojones to take on. And I know that because I know so many moms in my life that are made of something different than what I'm made of. And (laughs) I think it's a job that you should only do if you really want to. And that is a job that keeps me up at night thinking about having to do. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's fair. That's valid. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really important to say, actually. Because there's Thank lots you. of people that, like, I don't think it's a bad thing to not want kids or to not want to take that on. I, I think that's yeah. so much more respectable. I really, really yes. do. Um, Amen. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. And I'm saying that as a mother of three. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I get it, you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah I, it, I think that, yeah, moms can appreciate that, like, I get that you're – you guys are just magical. I don't get it. <laughs> no, we wake up every day and we're like, well, they're still breathing. <laughs> We've got to keep on going. Or maybe that's just my parenting style. I don't know. That's yeah. just, you know, where we're no, at. No, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. No one knows what they're doing, but I love that someone says, I don't want to take that on. And I think that that should be totally, totally admired as much as becoming a mom is. I really, truly do. Um, yes, amen. That's very, very important. Um, and then this is our last question, and I'm kind of sad because I could talk to you for oh, forever. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I time. am very curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm super curious to uh, hear your answer to this. So um, if heaven exists, <laughs> what would you like <laughs> to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gate? Oh, man. <laughs> this question this question is going to make me cry for sure of course it is the last question that's okay um yeah what do I want to hear her say yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you um, think she'll say to you <laughs> um I I hope I hope that she will say that I tried my best and that I I did my best with the mistakes that I made and um that I that I changed a little part of my world um that I affected women and that I I built up women where they needed to be built up and yeah I just I don't know I I want her to to let me know that it 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 meant something you know yeah yeah well you've changed Mm -hmm. a little part of my world tonight for sure (laughs) and I feel like you've inspired me and I feel like we've got a friendship going and I'm super super excited to see where your business is going to go this year. And I'm so excited that you're on this 33 journey with me right now because it's been nothing short of amazing. It's been my best year yet. (laughs) And I think it's going to be the same for you. So I'm really, really excited. And I will definitely be um, cheering you on from, from Texas and anywhere that I'm at. So I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with me. Uh, anytime, girl. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. And I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. Thank you. (laughs) 
If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at havetheconvo.podcast on Instagram or email me at havetheconvo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time.